The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to discuss how and why B2B data flows like a stream to the ocean. Joining us is Stefan Hedebrandt, who is the co-founder and chief revenue officer at Dream Data, which delivers tools and enables algorithmic decision-making in marketing and sales. Dream Data integrates tracking providers to CRMs and marketing solutions to pull out and enrich data that provides insights into your customer journey at a micro and macro level. And today, Stefan and I are going to talk about enabling growth through actionable insights. Okay, here's my conversation with Stefan Hedebrandt, co-founder and chief revenue officer at Dream Data. Stefan, welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Thank you so much, Benjamin. I'm really happy to be on the show. Very excited to have you talk a little bit about B2B, talk about data, and as I jokingly mentioned how it flows like a stream to the ocean, <laughs> generally data flows are something that most people find really exciting, right? They make movies and talk shows about this stuff. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Sometimes I just feel like a geek that cares too much about these things. The good news is we have lots of geeks that are with you that listen to the show, myself included. Before we get going, I want to say thank you. I know that you're based in Denmark. It's late at night right now when we're recording this podcast. appreciate you coming on the show. Let's talk a little bit about the ways that you and Dream Data enable growth to actionable insights. When you talk about what insights are and how you're going to generate growth, first off, it always comes down to the flow of data. Talk to me about how you're connecting various pieces of data, whether it's your CRM, your marketing and sales tools. How do you collect all of those together to start growing your business? First of all, I want to say what we're doing is focused towards working in a B2B landscape. So it's not you and I who are like researching a pair of running shoes, clicking an ad, or buying a pair of running shoes. It's meant for B2B, where you typically have really long customer journeys, easily three, six, 12 months. There's a lot of stakeholders involved in the decision-making. And for you as a company yourself, would probably also have a team executing you getting that sale, meaning that marketing can start the journey, customer success can do something, and the salespeople need to wrestle the customer until they buy. So what we're trying to do is really to collect every single digital touch point that is relevant in this journey where one company is buying a product from another company. And for us, the way we construct everything is based on revenue. We are 
a little bit fanatic about when you do stuff commercially in a business, you should be able to explain why the stuff you do leads to more revenue. If you're not doing this, you're kind of wasting people's time and money, and that's not a position you want to be in. So it's interesting that you talk about bringing everything back to generating revenue. And mostly when you think about B2B marketing, a lot of the times you're doing ABM, right? You're looking at targeted accounts. You have a general understanding of who the right people are in an organization. But often when you're doing most of your top of funnel marketing, right? You're trying to cast a wide net and see who's interested in your product and services. And honestly, often a lot of the B2B marketing that I see looks pretty similar to B2C marketing, where you're starting to see social media marketing and influencer marketing creeping into the B2B landscape. With a lot of those channels, you don't really understand. You don't have the name, the email, the contact information. When you're trying to rationalize your top of funnel activities, how do you think about what the value of those are in terms of revenue generation when you don't know who the people are that you're reaching? One of the big challenges is really the disconnect between, you can say, the growth and marketing activity and when you see the revenue like six months later. And that's kind of what we're trying to cover with what we do. We basically are able to, for example, if you take a Google Click ID, which is what's generated every time you click an AdWord, we save that click ID in a database by using something called segment.com. I don't know if that's a tool you're familiar with. Sure, I've heard of segment, but why don't you give us an overview and tell us a little bit about what they do. So we use the tracking component from segment to say, okay, this click ID came in from AdWords. Now we store that click ID in a database. If that click ID is ever possible to associate with an email, then we'll look that email up in the CRM system. And inside the CRM system, you'll find an account, which it's part of. And if you made like $10,000 on that account, you'll be able to associate those $10,000 back to that click ID that actually started that journey. So Segment essentially enables you to do end-to-end tracking from the pre-PII collection part of your customer journey. Yes. So you come in from an ad, Segment gives you an ID. We store that ID along with or the anonymous information about where it came from. Then as you get consent from somebody who signs up to your newsletter, you'll be able to utilize the person came in with, and then you can start to tie together the whole journey. Okay. So essentially, you're able to look at what the actions people are taking before you know who they are, and you're able to associate all of those actions with a generic ID. And after the fact, once you have someone's PII, once you understand who they are, get an email address, then you can come back and associate their previous activity with their post-PII submission activity. Exactly. And that's super relevant in B2B because companies do not have a clue about how long their time to revenue is really. They have a really good clue from the moment that the lead enters the sales funnel. Then the salespeople are going to be right on top of that lead. But the months, maybe even years that go in front of them being anonymous, just searching, researching, reading blog posts, etc. It's very hard to know, but it matters so much in B2B if you're making a budget if you have to pay salary, if you have to judge your whether are my activities working or not, and if there's 150 days between activity and revenue, then you really, really need to know how long does the time take from the first time somebody comes to my website and until somebody purchases or makes a deal with my B2B company. 
I think that this is an important aspect for the difference between B2B and B2C. Often, obviously, the deal prices are larger. Right? B2B can be tens and hundreds of thousands, maybe even millions of dollars per relationship, but there are probably fewer and they take longer to cultivate. So understanding the time to maturity really matters. And that's the pain because all the tools are built for B2C scenarios, meaning AdWords will never, ever show you the revenue you get inside of your CRM system. Same goes for Facebook, Twitter, etc. All of these systems really is built for a B2C scenario and not a B2B scenario. And that's kind of the gap we're trying to fill here. So walk me through more of the data flow where you have this generic token, you're able to associate a visitor, right? They're, before they're a lead, all of their activities, you're seeing what blog posts they're reading, you understand what emails they're clicking before you know who they are. Eventually they say, okay, I'm going to download this white paper. I now I'm going to give you my email address and you can associate an actual person back to that activity. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. Where do you get the rest of the data flow and how do you start to learn more about your customers that actually enables growth? What we basically do for a customer is our product is twofold. One is a database layer where we connect to every single digital touchpoint they have available. So that's all their ads, all their automations, all their customer success. If they go to events, host webinars, et cetera, we will get that in there, clean it up, and then we will apply our data models that basically create, you can call it a lock per account that you won. So for each account you've won, you'll be able to inspect that deal and see here's a hundred touch points or here's a thousand touch points from that single account. And you'll be able to then apply attribution models to it and say, okay, what was the very first step in this process of somebody becoming a customer? And what's the very last step? What's the linear attribution model and so forth? So essentially what you're doing is you're able to, after the fact, take a postmortem when somebody becomes a customer and look at what the activities were 
that started to generate their interest, what drove them to become a lead, and what were the activities that actually got them over the fence? Yes. And then it's also an organic system, you can say. It keeps developing. So if a month later is able to discover a new data point that lies beyond anything you've seen before, we will organically update the attribution and then say, okay, it was actually not, let's say, Google ad that was the first touch point. It was organic visit. So as you pick up more information, we'll keep adjusting the information that is there. So an example could be, you see this typically in B2B, that people in the first run, they sign up to your newsletter with their private email. Then at some point, they could be invited to your product with their professional email. And because they've used the same phone, the same computer to sign up, both with the private email and their professional email, then you'll be able to glue that journey together. So you kind of build a device graph for each account that you've closed where you know, okay, Ben, he has a phone, he has a computer, he has a tablet, and he's all the same person wherever he goes, even though he's doing different stuff. So you mentioned marketing attribution, and I understand how you can figure out attribution when somebody goes through the entire customer journey, right? You have $10,000 of revenue for a customer, and they had five touch points before they became a lead, three touch points when they were going from lead to prospect, and two touch points from prospect to customer. And you can assign value to each one of those steps, and they're essentially dividing up the $10,000 depending on how valuable you think each one of those steps were. When you don't have someone that goes through the entire funnel, how are you evaluating and attributing value to each one of those steps, right? You still might generate a lead even though that person doesn't convert. Do you think about attribution? Do you think about the value for each one of those steps? How do you enable growth even when you're not getting full customer conversions all of the time? So we're very heavily focused on deals that you can say went through, was completed. But if you don't have the volume of deals being completed, you can do attribution as well to pipeline, meaning they entered a certain stage in your Salesforce account and you're willing to go with the revenue number that you see when they're a sales approved lead. And then you take that value and attribute back through the funnel. So this might be elementary for the B2B folks out there, but for most B2C marketers, the idea here is that you understand the conversion rate from when somebody becomes a lead. And that essentially is what your pipeline is. Hey, we have 10 leads. We consider the average lead value to be $1,000 and one out of 10 of these leads are going to convert to be a $10,000 conversion. So we have 10 leads, one of them is going to convert, the total revenue is going to be 10,000, each one of these leads is worth $1,000, that's how you establish what your pipeline is. So a lot of B2B companies, because they don't really have a grasp on what the conversion rate is, or they just don't have the conversion volumes because of the type of deals they're going after, they start evaluating their marketing efforts based on pipeline generation. Correct. So, Stefan, talk to me about when you don't get a full view of the entire marketing funnel, right? When somebody doesn't go from prospect to lead to customer and they're actually dropping off, are you able to gain insights about people that don't get through the full funnel? Actually, not because we kind of only look at deals that convert to either close as one or come enters the pipeline. Interesting. It seems like there's an opportunity here, not only to gain information, obviously, about the customers that you won, but often the time to generate growth is understanding what happens with the customers you lost. 
right? Somebody came in, everybody from the AdWords channel came in, they were leads, they had a normal lead score, they went to this one webinar, and then nobody converted. Okay, that webinar is obviously turning people off, we should cut that one out of our marketing mix. So to me, when we talk about enabling growth through insights, obviously understanding the full funnel and who is converting and what those paths look like is important, but understanding where the loss is happening, where the hole in the bucket is, matters as well. When you think about how to actually enable growth by looking at people that are getting through the entire funnel, what are some of the conclusions that you normally come up with? You know, what can you tell and how do you actually make that actionable? So the way we kind of think about it is we want to extract as much value as we can as say you've closed up 100 customers a month. Then you want to look at what are the similarities from these customers? Is it the same kind of ad campaign that's generating it? Do you take them through a webinar that just is able to convert them? Is it a demo call that works every time? And then you want to steer your flow towards the things that you can clearly see. The deals that closed the last month, they successfully came through these channels. So we probably want to repeat them coming through these channels. That also goes for, is there specific pieces of content that is working super well? If yes, then produce more of that type of content. If that content you have that is producing the leads that are actually becoming deals, then you want to make sure that that ranks in the search engine as well. I think that's an important part when you start thinking about growth is building a repeatable process, right? Understanding that we have a certain channel, we understand what works, and you're trying to basically match the user experience. And, you know, obviously, there is the notion of segmentation. Not everybody is going to convert in the same format. Some people might like one webinar and some people might want a demo request. Every customer is going to be a little different. But by understanding some of the conversion paths that are the most common, you can start driving the people that look like the customers that convert down the same road, figuring that the conversion rates will stay the same or have a higher probability of actually happening. Stefan, any last words on enabling growth through actionable insights using Dream Data? For me, one of the most important things that we see is that you need to understand the role of each of your channels, meaning like paid, organic, content, direct traffic, referral traffic, because each of these buckets contributes differently to your growth. And some of them are only starting the journeys. They're not finishing the journeys. And we see a lot of our customers are actually under-investing in the channels that actually are starting the journeys that ends up becoming deals. And that's because it's hard to track what starts the journeys if the time scope is, say, six months, 12 months, as it typically is in B2B. So if you want to be able to do all these data-driven decisions, the first shift I think we'll see in marketing coming up nowadays is that people will start to store their own first-party data and not rely on Facebook to carry it for them or Google Analytics or some third thing. They'll start to sit on their own data and be able to make up their own truth about their own data. And then they'll start to do analysis, for example, that can see, oh, there's a lot of channels here that is actually starting the journeys, but which we were just not able to connect them through a simple tool like Google Analytics or something like that. I think understanding the purpose of each marketing channel is incredibly important. And mostly as you start thinking about your entire customer journey, understanding when to pull lever, right? It's not all marketing channels on at all the time. It's the right message at the right place at the right time. Totally. We can see that down to like even a specific ad has an attribution comparison to it. So a lot of the ads that you see only work in a first touch perspective. It's the ad that starts the journeys. 
But in B2B, it's the salespeople who closes the journeys. And there's this disconnect between marketing and sales there that you need an infrastructure that helps you understand that. I think that's very important advice. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Stefan Hedebrandt, co-founder and chief revenue officer at Dream Data for joining us. In part two of our interview, which we're going to publish tomorrow, Stefan is going to talk to us about how to use data to decloak the customer journey. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Stefan, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is shedebrandt, S-H-E-D-B-R-A-N-D-T. Or you could visit his company's website, which is dreamdata.io. Just one link in our show notes that I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes, the contact information for our guests. You could sign up for our once a week newsletter. You can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you could always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J. J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, in addition to part two of our conversation with Stefan Hedebrandt, co-founder and chief revenue officer at Dream Data, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.